Hello, my name is uh, Kenneth Branagh and uh, I'm the director of this film of Sleuth and... My name is Michael Caine and I play Andrew Wyke in this film. And what you're watching right now are the opening credits which are a change. I don't know if you remember this, Michael. This was a slight change which came about in post-production from, right. from Harold's original idea, which was to see a little more of uh, the, the travel of the car across the English countryside yeah. to, uh, to the house. But we decided to, to start using this idea that someone, we don't quite know who yet, is forever watching on a monitor what's going on uh, in this house, which is about to be... Revealed, so it's the beginning of now. You see, this this house, like I was in the original sleuth, and it was a lovely old English country house, mm. right? And here you've got this rewrite by screenplay by Harold Pinter, which it just says there. Look, it's a nice old English, lovely, comfortable old English country house, mm. nice and safe. In the original, you go inside, and the interior was lovely old English country house. It was all Wait wooden panels, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that bit you like, Ken? I do Where like the hand comes. I out. do like this bit, and if you recall, I think this was the, almost the very first thing we shot, wasn't it? Yeah. This this particular this shot. This was yeah. And suddenly we you, went on location. Indeed, yeah. your very first scene was using your arm, um, and uh, and very effective it is too. I suppose the idea, what I liked about this was, because given what you were just setting up there, Michael, by way of what's going to change when we get into the house, was the idea that y you were part of the house, the Andrew character was part of the house, and here that he Look, doesn't... that's it, what you said, yeah. Exactly, and he doesn't go towards... He, he makes uh, Milo Tyndall come towards him. And then we get this lovely Oh, here's moment. a bit, listen to this bit. It <laughs> said, my car's the little one, not the big one. This is the start of the male row. Yeah. His car's bigger than his, and it is, look. It is, isn't it? Come in. You'll see the inside in a minute. What I meant by in the old house, it was nice and comfortable. And here we are in this. And you'll see in a second. Look at this interior. That's not a comfortable old English country house. It certainly isn't. And it's full of uh, art uh, that contemporary British artists have done. So, for instance, the man, the wired man on the left here is by a British sculptor called Anthony Gormley. Um, he, you, you may know, Michael made that famous Angel of the North, massive uh, uh, sculpture. Is that the same up in, yeah, a sculpture up in the northeast of England. Oh, I love the Angel of the North. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Anthony Gormley. Oh, I didn't know it was the same guy. Here we see uh, you, Michael, offering a drink. Oh, did to... they miss that bit? Well. Look. That bit with the whiskey. Yeah, which was poured already. It's already poured. Even though he's not indicated whether he wants a drink or what it should be. Uh, and it's the start, certainly from a, vi from a visual point of view, it's the start of trying to unsettle the audience a bit here and try and be at this unusual angle, seeing only, you know, hands on glasses and, hand, in your case, hand in, in pocket, um, and, and the, the beginnings of this kind of little dance that they have with each other at the front as they begin to tackle this tricky subject. Thanks for agreeing to see me. Not at all. We're back to the idea of, of understanding that in Andrew's house it's, just, it's full of um, uh, surveillance cameras, outside, inside. Either Andrew's recording it all or someone else, maybe, is watching this entire conversation. Um, and in this case, we're suggesting that the uh, surveillance cameras on the inside produce this black and white footage, which is one of the ways we maintain the variety in a film which, uh, on one level, is two fellas in a room talking but which um, we're hoping very much comes across as a piece of cinema. These are all my novels. 
You've read them, I suppose. Afraid not. Good God. No? What about, what about How does it make you feel when you see that massive image of yourself, Michael? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the massive got, face there. Yeah. It's kind of scary. I'm not <laughs> <that> scary. <laughs> Blimey, no wonder I get all those gangster parts. <laughs> I'm a very nice man. We know that. It's the eyes. Sense. They used to call me snake eyes at school. Translation. Well, I've got very can... heavy eyelids. But very, it's a very powerful, uh, it's a very powerful uh, and charismatic look that you can produce. I have to put in a personal note here, Michael. Uh, my wife designed the book covers. Oh yes, she of, did. Did she design all the book covers? It's great, isn't it? Which are, which are spinning around here. And once again, everything that we start to see here is is very particular and modern. So this bookcase is twisted and, you know, made of a sort of rather twisted, spiky, sharp metal. Everything about this house is, it's impressive, but it's not particularly friendly. You know what it is? The whole place is bad feng shui. I think you're right. Too many spikes and stuff. Mm. And yet, do you believe him? Did you ever believe what your character said a little while ago when, when, when you thought about it? Did you think that the that his wife really did design the interior of it? Or no. Was it, no? No. You think it's him? I think he did that to get him to talk about the wife. Aha. Uh -huh. That's one of the things that I, I love. I think Andrew designed this. I think you're right. And it's, it's, but it's one of the things I loved about the script is that questions like that, you always had to ask twice, didn't you, yeah. really? What do they say? What do they mean? What's the real truth? Sure. The law of the land. That's pure spite. Anyway, we'll, we'll get back. This is uh, uh, a shot that actually ended up being um, uh, presented in this monitor here with the, the idea that there's a kind of movement sensor that, that uh, if you were a burglar, would be catching yeah. you as you moved around the interior of the house. But I like playing shots like this where... You here, Michael, are talking to somebody off screen who we don't see. Yeah. Did it feel odd to do that? For instance, no. when we did this scene, did it seem. No, because he's there. Yeah. So it didn't seem odd to me. Yeah. How much were you. I mean, we talked a lot about it, obviously, in, in rehearsal, but you were so focused when we came to shooting this. Were you. How, how much were you aware and how much do you normally take in of how it's being shot? Do you keep yourself in the acting zone? Oh, I'm zone? A complete aware of, I'm a completely yeah. aware of how it's being shot all yeah. the time, yeah. I didn't see you particularly, but I may not have noticed it. Do you go to the monitor? Do you go and check and have a look at what you've no, just shot? No, I know. I just know where I can see the camera, that's all. Yeah. I've been doing it a long time now. You don't go see rushes, do you? Never. Why is that, Michael? Because you can screw up tomorrow by being worried about yesterday. Mm, mm. I think that's the right way of saying it, isn't it? Yeah, yes. no, it sounds, it sounds right. <laughs> we get introduced to the funny little chaise lounge, which you will sit on later on, which is uh, a beautiful is a piece of furniture. <laughs> ah. I used to have one foot on the floor all the way during rehearsals. <laughs> well, I and very gingerly take my foot off. I understand you're fucking my wife. That's right. Right. Yes, right. So it takes about that. 10 minutes to get to that shot, doesn't it? The yeah, first yeah. close-up. That's the first close-up. Well, she is my wife. Yes, but she's fucking me. Oh, she's fucking you too, huh? Well, I'll be buggered. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it's mutual. You take turns. We fuck each other, that's what people do. Yeah, yeah. I follow. This was a scene we shot so many times, didn't we? Shot so many ways. Yeah. We had a big wide shot, a two shot, a tighter two shot. We had. Uh, but you stayed in the close-ups. We we stayed in the close-ups because it seemed it seemed the way to go. This is the, an introduction, isn't it, to that the, the, a real Pinter style? Because so much of what you say here is laced with menace, isn't it? Yeah. That can't be true, can it? Why not? 
In this day and age, is marriage absolutely necessary, isn't it? A bit old hat. Is it? It's a mug game. I wouldn't go near it if I were you. Anyway, you can't marry her. You can't marry her because she's married to me, unless I divorce her. Oh, God. And are you? Am I what? Going to divorce her. Or are you really going to make her wait five years? She wants to know. To be honest, I can't wait. But there are one or two things I'd like to clear up first. For example, I've never heard of an Italian called Tyndall. My father's name is Tindalini. Now that's lovely. <laughs> we did shoot this film in order, didn't we? And so the... Yes, uh, the whole... That's what was great, because, you know, on the first one, we rehearsed a couple of days and then took 16 weeks to shoot it. This one was rehearsed for three weeks and took four weeks to shoot because we knew exactly what we were doing at any given time. There was no rehearsal on the set with technicians sitting around, you know? Also, I think that the chronological shooting order meant that although you two, to, at least to my I seemed to get on so well, there was such a great deal of mutual respect and, uh, and fun, and we did rehearse, but actually, because you hadn't literally worked together, to do these, these first, you know, scenes of the yeah. film, in, you know, right at the beginning, it exploited whatever little awkwardness or getting to know each other was already there, yeah. you know, and I, I, I liked that. It won't make you sick or anything, will it? This is uh, one of the early areas where we introduce uh, Patrick Doyle's score for, for the picture. Yeah, that's a good score, isn't it? It is, and it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because uh, he had to judge it very nicely to uh, try and you know keep as ambiguous as possible so it wasn't too thriller-ish, it wasn't, it wasn't too uh, sort of uh, comedy witty. Sometimes music strains hard to uh, yeah, suggest yeah. it's comic and it can seem a little uncomfortable. This is, it's also an example, what we're watching now is, is what was happening early on and that you two, you and Jude were so um, um, open about doing, was doing large swathes of dialogue, although we make cuts here because we used two cameras at all times. Um, I mean, a scene like this, we were probably shooting three or four pages of dialogue all in one stretch, which was no mean feat, given that we were probably going to do the same thing again in another half an hour to another scene. Yeah, it was a lot of dialogue per day, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, or, if you think it's a lot of dialogue, what, what you've got to remember is the actor is thinking, am I going to remember it all? But mm. you did a very clever thing. You just said, if you fluff it or forget a line, they'd put, just keep going. I'm going to shoot it from another angle anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you never had any fear, which meant you then did, made fewer mistakes. I think because it's, it's the nerves that make the mistakes. You yeah. know, if you say you've got one of these takes was nine minutes and yeah. you go, oh, blimey, nine minutes. It's a long time to remember all the dialogue and, mm. and you're hitting marks. It's not like the theatre where you can move around as you like. You've got marks on the floor that you're hitting mm. uh, and you've got to hit them properly. But to be told that you can fluff or dry and the continuity girl will come in with the line and you continue, that gives you a freedom. You know, which it is also, so important. I, I think I noticed that you enjoyed, and I think uh, uh, Jude enjoyed th that sense of once we've started shooting, that is keeping the momentum. Is 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 I know that you you didn't like, and God knows we tried to minimise it. Those times when you cut and then suddenly all the energy goes and it takes longer, and the lighting adjustments yeah. and you drop the ball. It's not good, is it? No, it's not good performance-wise. In the sequence we've just looked at, Michael, uh, the Andrew character. Hey, this is the poster shot. I guess it is. Yeah. Andrew talks about his mistress in Swindon. Did yeah. you did you think she was real? Do you think that there was a mistress in Swindon? No. And if so, did no? No. You think he was I think he was just trying to show that he was, although he's lost his wife, he hadn't lost his 
mm. masculinity or his fervor, you know? Yeah. Maggie told you, did she? What's your solution? That's a pit to pause there. Yes, yeah, certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close fit, isn't it? Nice touch. Uh, I think the uh, Milo character, the look of it, um, uh, there's such a, a number of nice little touches. Jude with his cowboy boots, with his high heels, his Cuban heels, and his little yeah. thumb ring, and everything just slightly off, a little too much bleach in the hair, and yeah. uh, all a little bit too quiffed. He's he's just uh, it's 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 a nice presentation of someone who's trying just a little bit too hard yeah. to to sort of over impress you. He dresses a bit like you would imagine a gigolo would dress. Yes, exactly, exactly. I like this scene very much because I, I, I like the way it's contained. I like the uh, I like the different tack that you're now using on uh, on Milo. It's a little yeah. more whispered, and and also I think there's quite a bit of quiet comedy in this because I mean at sometimes I don't know if you how you felt about it, whether it's contempt or whether he thinks Milo is a bit thick. But the oh, he does, yeah. Oh, sure, <laughs> he thinks he's as thick as two short planks. And you can keep Maggie in the manner to which she's become accustomed. You want me? That kind of line, I, I, you know, uh, my wife will, I'll be like a pig in shit. It feels like a very pinter line. It's very pinter. And it's, uh, you and he actually went to the same school together, didn't you? I mean, not together, you were a few years apart, yes? Yeah. Because it feels as though you, you seem to understand the way he writes uh, uh, as well I as do. anyone it's, I've it, come across. Well, we come from the same area, so the rhythm is the same. I've already contacted a friend of mine in Amsterdam, and he will give you £800,000 tax-free. Now, think about it. How much? was, was I, I can't remember. Was that the same kind of obsession in the first picture or in the play with the details of the plot with yes. money? Yes, oh, yes. yes? Joe was obsessed with the details. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you rehearse for long for the for the nineteen seventy two movie? Five days. Five days. And it was me. a bit listless because Larry would goof off. He was being fired from the national. Mm. All that was going on. Had you done your own sort of preparation? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. knew all the lines. Yeah. Because you know I was scared with Larry because he was you know. I'm with the greatest actor in the world, the whole thing, you know. Mm. And I'm a young actor. Although I was quite experienced in movies, I'd made probably 30 movies by the time I made this. Did people give you advice about working with Olivier? Did yeah, everyone. Yes, did they? <laughs> everyone. Yeah. I never met anyone who didn't. <laughs> they didn't have a view on how to work with him? No, and it was all wrong. Yeah, was it really? Yeah, it was... What I realised quite early on was that Larry was a stage actor and I was a very experienced movie actor, mm. and we were in a movie. Yeah. You know? If we'd have been on the stage, he'd have wiped the floor with me. Mm. But he couldn't do it in a movie. Was he, uh, did, given his background and the fact that he was a, you know, a significant director in his own right, did he, did he in any way, uh, you know, try and advise Mankiewicz or, or no, no, no. Um, he would say things, we don't need a close-up of Michael here. You have an expensive and no money. <laughs> and Joe would say, well, I'll, I'll do it anyway, you know, just in case, you never know. <laughs> and how, how was Mankiewicz, did, did he have a... I had a sort of behind-the-scenes rapport with him. Yeah. To, he was protecting me from Larry in case I got my butt kicked. 
And did you was 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 a lot of the rehearsal or the setting or blocking of the scenes hap happen on the day? Did that yes, happen on the day? Yes, it was on the day mm. he was reading from a script in rehearsal. Mm. Then he had a problem with his face because he said he couldn't act with his own face. And it was true, and, and, and he wasn't getting it right. And then he brought in a little moustache and put it on, which he used in the picture. And from then on, he was brilliant. This moustache was, was like sort of a whole new man. Mm. Would you agree to the divorce? Why should I give her the divorce if you're both walking away with 800,000 pounds? She wants a legal settlement. In terms of your approach, do you is I mean this seems to be such a sort of X-ray part for the pair of you, very sort of for, for all of Pinter's heightened dialogue. It's quite a sort of it's a piece that that seems to come very strongly and naturally out of out of each of you. Do you do you find that there's times when you look for the outside, you're looking for the hair or the tash or the thingy or the whatever it is? Oh, I do the hair instantly. Yes, yeah. I do the hair and then the clothes. Yeah. I'm wearing that. Those clothes came. You said to me what do you think he would be wearing and i looked over at harold who was there and he was wearing what i'm wearing mm. i wore exactly what pinter wore mm. black suit it worked out well yeah no i mean you look very very stylish and, and very uh, uh very much the man in control as well yeah 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 i still we're shooting here, obviously, from outside the windows, uh, looking in. We were always looking for ways to try and sort of uh, have the audience look at this this dynamic between the two fellas. Uh, uh, as though someone else was watching. Yeah, as if there was, you, you know... You know who did that to very great effect? Sid Fury in Ipcrest file. Yes, yes, He yes. kept doing that all over the place. We're shooting up your nostrils. And, oh, <laughs> every time I did a take, I'd blow my nose, in case I didn't know where the camera was going. <laughs> It's great. It is great, though. That it's a wonderful and the title sequence for that movie well, it's, is so it's, wonderful. It's scary. They always that. use yeah. Well, they always use a subjective camera in a horror film, don't they? Suddenly, mm. you've got this view, and you go, "Oh, blimey, who's that watching?" Honestly, yeah, I know yeah. You can. You're having me on. Oh, come on. Behave like a man. I like. I love the way you you, you both do this here, because suddenly from this rather kind of tough conversation, uh, this bargain about about um, the divorce and the woman, suddenly we get back into the fun. It seems like it's going to be uh, of staging this mock break-in, yeah. and you're you seem like a sort of very cheerful puppet master here, already beginning to see and feel that he's a bit nervous about about getting involved yeah. with it, and uh, particularly about. Now you see about all these gadgets. People ask me the difference between this one and the other one. None of these gadgets were invented when we made the other one. Exactly. computers and CCTV cameras that moved on their own, mm. these telephones that you can stick in your ear and stuff. And it, 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 it became a, a great way of, of, of approximating the love of games that the, yeah. the play has. It's just uh, um, it, the equivalent becomes all this gadgetry. I very much like this little interchange. Such a manipulator. She told me you were no good in bed, but she never told me you were such a manipulator. She told you I was no good in bed? Oh, yes. She was joking. I'm wonderful in bed. Well, let's tell her. If you recall, you know, it was one of the examples yeah. of, of a moment where we did so many variations on that, where you were angry yeah. with him, sad with him, aggressive with him when you when yeah. you answered, I'm wonderful in bed. And the close-ups, we, we shot close-ups of that little sequence, and they were so powerful, they were too much. They were too much for the early part of the picture. We had too far Is to go. Right? I never saw any of that. Oh, it was wonderful, wonderful stuff, but it was a different movie. And as we talked about in rehearsal, this dialogue, the Pinter dialogue, could be played in, in, in so many different ways and produce a different impact. Yeah, uh, and the close-ups of that sequence actually 
turned it into a, such a sort of intense tragedy in some cases that, yeah. that we wanted to try and play this this tightrope of the humor like in this 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 moment here where you're blinding him with science here yeah. about the ways he'll he'll go about this um uh mock breaking yeah. and he tries to establish that he's smarter than that oh sorry you see that small metal door up there Inside there, there's an electric ladder. You get through the window... Now, as I recall, when you were Milo in the other picture, Michael, you had to... Your, your, your I had on blinking clouds for Yeah. <laughs> I was not, dressed as a clown. Not the easiest uh, footwear no. to get up a ladder with. No. Once again, uh, you are the master of the technical workings of this house yeah. with this one tiny little remote control. Um, yeah. which well, you don't need very much. And these days, uh, a, a, a tiny gadget like that can, in fact, run the entire electrical and mechanical workings of a house. I have a funny feeling that I'm a cunt. Of course you're a cunt. But so what? You'll end up a wealthy man. Obey the rules. Just Pinter still has the power to shock, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. He, he, his use of language, he, yeah. he, 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 there are taboos that uh, yeah. mean that... The yeah, they never say that in English. They swear like hell, but they never say that word, do they? Yeah, English? and it's always shocking. And yet here, it is both shocking and funny in some, yeah. in some way. Well, it's funny that they said it at all. Yes, and, and, and it's, a, it, it's, it's a characteristic of Pinter, I think, to... to um, just be able to uh, sort of dance with the language as he does and, and keep us guessing. I like this sequence uh, very much because I think this is something that Harris Zambalukos, the, the director of photography, and Tim Harvey, the designer, had a big hand in. Uh, as you did, chair that, oh, oh. once you'd managed to get on that chair, it's everybody scary who old chair tried to sit on it uh, had something of a challenge. Uh, it's by... Uh, uh, I have my foot on the ground in these shots. It, it, it's an Israeli d uh, d designer and architect called Ron Arrett who produced all the furniture that we used that we he very kindly let us borrow. In fact, all the artworks were borrowed. Um, uh, they were all extremely expensive artworks and we were thrilled that we could borrow them. Behind them is a, is a, is a, a, a diptych, as it's called, by uh, an English artist called Gary Moore. Very fine really? and interesting. But the insurance for these artworks was astronomical. Really? Oh, boy. And the packaging, just, you know, postage and packing for a major artwork is quite something, I tell yeah. you. I love these images of you as a kind of digital puppet master. Yeah. Uh, with your control over these little um, monitors. And then this glee at, at tripping him up. Keep coming. Keep coming. Watch your these exterior sequences on the roof were shot uh, at Luton, just just outside London, um, and in fact near Le Luton Airport, and we shot yeah. them in ferocious winds, uh, hence the way Jude's hair's whipping around. It really was quite dangerous, um, but I think very effective in terms of uh, uh, how much more difficult it made it look for him. And just like yourself, uh, I can say to spare both yours and his blushes that uh, with this uh, Jude climbing up there and any of the physical stuff that you'll see coming up in the film um, I remember I think I, I heard you and Jude both snort at the same time when we were talking about some of the physical stuff and I said should I get a couple of stuntmen in for this and you both looked at me like I yeah. insulted the pair of you so deeply because uh, you're both so highly experienced with the physical stuff uh, we didn't have to worry about that don't stop keep going don't look down there's a very nice sound effect on this of the the glass sort of creaking under yeah. his weight. 
and it was one of the things that it was nice to play around with in, in post-production. Uh, in addition to the language and the visuals, uh, was the actual sounds of the house. In yeah. this case, the glass, the wind, the way the doors worked. Um, it was a, a great toolbox to play with. It's not working. There was always a dodgy fuse on this. I'll phone the electrician <laughs> in the morning. In the morning? What about now? No, no, he'll be in bed. You know these country people, early to bed, early to rise. He's a nice chap, though. He's called Norman. Charming wife, Debbie. Three delightful kids. Oh, I just remembered. He's on vacation. He's taken the kids to Bermuda. What? So I'm stuck up here for the rest of my life! It's a very Pinterish exchange, this, yeah. I think, isn't it? The idea of bringing up that Norman, the trip to Bermuda, all, all yeah. in the middle of uh, a situation where uh, the Milo character could, could it's die. Typical of him, isn't it? Um, <laughs> there it is. I like being able to shoot this in uh, uh, the, a, a, a studio where we could nevertheless get Jude up high and have you in the same yeah. shot and get a sense so that it was dangerous and it was dangerous and uh, uh, people won't be surprised to know that uh, although it's the real Jude here he's attached to a wire so that uh, he does not uh, hurt himself when this happens um, and uh, it was one of the ways in which this set was incredibly flexible. I like even in the background here what Tim Harvey, the production designer, has done with the steps. They're roughly rendered with the concrete, and it just it feels like the texture of Andrew's house is very, at times, very aggressive. Unforgiving is the word. Unforgiving, yes, yeah. indeed. The house doesn't take prisoners. No, it doesn't. Open the wardrobe. Open the drawers. And throw things around. You're looking for the safe. It's up here somewhere. Play it for it's, real. It's very pleasing to know how how the the kind of the the credibility with which um, Milo is now intoxicated by your plan. Mm. You really have played him beautifully. Yeah. Um, and uh, really set him up for what's going to be a significant turnaround uh, coming up in a minute, which. Uh, is not only going to surprise Milo, but I think will surprise the audience. Uh. Yeah. And this is where I hear you. You hear me? Yes, I, I'm asleep in the study. That's where I sleep these days. I, I can't sleep in the bed without my wife, you see. I think that's very nicely acted, that. Yeah. I think it's another moment where... A film just a minute ago, uh, you know, there you were being the puppet master and geeing him up, and then suddenly we get this insight into yeah. the hurt and man. The, and the whack in his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. And here you are back, apparently amused by it. It yeah. really, uh, it makes you not ever be sure about what is real and what is not. Yeah. Is this a game or is it not, you know? You threaten me with it. What's threatening me? No, I'm playing to get pretty sinister. You, you want to know where the safe is, what mm. the combination is, so you terrorise me with this knife. Take it easy. Well, you can see I'm ruthless, I'm unpredictable, I'm probably a killer, and I'm certainly very, very dangerous. You. We were now, I suppose, probably into the um, end of the first week, beginning of the second week, yeah. and now we start to cover the picture more, so we're away from the wide shots, we're away from the long shots, and now we're into close-ups and two shots, and it's a little more, there's a little more coverage to just try and you know, enjoy what you're doing here and what Jude's doing in yeah. terms of this uh, change of mood. Is it funny? Is it not? Is it real? Is it not? Are you going to hurt me? Is that a real gun? Is there, you know, that kind of volatility, unpredictability? And those are really the, the few examples of, of seeing the wife for a nanosecond. We catch a glimpse of... Yeah, not the, much, really. Yeah. 
and you're so frightened, you give me the combination. 19, 11, 94. Open it. Wait, wait a minute. Am I, am I me now? Or um, no, are you, you me? You're now you. <laughs> you're now you. Me? No, no. Or are you, are you still me? You're now you, and I, I'm now me. Open the safe. I think that's a, such a, a lovely moment that uh, uh, Harold hinted at, but you you two actually slightly expanded on and we, yeah, we, we played did, about yeah. within the uh, in the edit to just, to just try and emphasise that 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 sense of playfulness, which is delicious at times and then scary at other times. Jesus, what was this Bulgari? It was. was it? I suppose the truth is, without living with an advert. It was short to hell, wasn't it? Right, right now. Th th these are real jewels, and they really were very, very expensive, and they were provided by uh, a jewelers of some renown. Um, uh, and uh, they came along, as they usually do, with two or three very burly guys. I noticed these two yes. figures on, on set one day. It made me think uh, uh, I must have been in trouble. And uh, there was a contract out on me, but it was two men looking after their jewels. So good. <laughs> hey, you better give me the uh, address of that fence. What fence? <laughs> the fence in Amsterdam. Oh, that fence. Listen. <laughs> Once again, the tone changes here, yeah, and yeah. we try and change it by keeping into these close-ups, which are lit. The backs, the walls behind them, the colours have started to change. There's a kind of eeriness. There's an uplight that makes you both look a little more sinister. And in fact, there's in there, we didn't spot it at the time, Michael, did we? But there is a line. What's it all about? From Alfie. A part that you from both Alfie. played. And you, uh, I don't know if well, it I occurred. Never, in... what, it, it was a newspaper reporter who said it to me. What about the line from Alfie? It's the end of and the I, I said, what line from Alfie? He said, what's it all about? I said, is that in the picture? I never noticed it. I don't know how we, we failed to notice it. We certainly understood mm -hmm. it when, we, when this film premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. It got an enormous, enormous laugh. Uh, in much the same way as when we premiered this film at the, at the Venice Film Festival, some of the lines from earlier on suggesting that the Italians' uh, culture isn't cultured, really their yeah. thing uh, <laughs> was uh, something They really they laughed in Venice, didn't they, at the Italian insults? They the liked that very much. Stand on the bed. We see you here, Michael, with this uh, all-powerful, omnipotent remote, um, yeah. changing the lights, and uh, uh, and suddenly the the sort of lighting installation changes the background colours to green, um, and it was partly with the idea that what we're about to see is the playing out of uh, this jealousy. So we've changed from. Oh, I never do that. Is that what we were doing? Yeah, we were trying to do it. Is that why the green was there? Yeah, for jealousy. Yeah, um, green with envy. Yeah. And uh, I'm so dumb, I never figured. Mind you, I, I had some other things on my mind when I was exactly, yeah, I expect about you had nine pages of dialogue, other things to think about, you know. So it could have been green, pink, or uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known what the color was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Harris Sambalukas's department, and he was constantly, I have to say, way ahead of the game with me in, 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 in suggesting such things and trying to find a, a scheme for the color that allowed this, um, yeah, this set to be constantly. Uh, varied. What we did just then, by the way, was have you cut off the uh, camera that would have been shooting this and recording it in his in-house security system, trying to convince the audience, of course, that therefore what's about to happen must be very real and something that he does not want the world to see. Yeah, well, that um, was good when it cut, up, cut that off. We liked it. 
What was it like playing this particular scene, Michael? I loved it. Yeah. Because I eventually go nuts. And I enjoyed that. You'll see in a minute when I toast my wife. I've always longed for an intimate chat with a hairdresser. Especially a hairdresser who is fucking my wife. I'm not a hairdresser! My wife is mine. She belongs to me. And I'm her husband. And what you've done is this. You've invited yourself to attend your own death. What's very, so apart from that being brilliantly done, uh, what's very striking is it, it's, a, it's a marker of where, even in this first half hour, this polite conversation between two men struggling to be civilised over the issue of uh, the affair um, turns into something that is, is quite primal yeah. and primitive. It's about that ownership. She's my wife and she belongs to me. She's a, she's a thing, she's a commodity, but boy, do we feel the passion of your uh, and of they were talking uh, I were talking to a press officer a, a, a reporter and then it, this thing was a completely misogynistic speech here mm. about I hate women I'd do it with a dog mm. or you know mm, mm, it was so misogynistic yes I so admire what you do here in this uh, profile close up I can tell people they might be timing it but I can tell you it's about 24 seconds worth is it yeah, uh, where the power of your gaze, you not appear not to be doing anything, and yet there's so much to be read into it. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's an admirable piece of screen being and behavior, which I, I think you're most expert in. Let me ask you a question people might be interested in, Michael. When In a big scene like that where, where you have this powerful statement about uh, how you feel about your wife and jealousy and Jude has this incredibly strong reaction you know trying to survive his death I remember on the day asking you whether you had any preference for doing your side of it first or Jude's side of it first and uh, and and you didn't and why 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 is that some people I know actors who'd say no I definitely want to go first or I definitely want to go second uh, wh wh why well, are you so sort of even advantage if you go first you're fresh hmm. if you go second you've seen what the other guy's going to do and you know where to go with it, you mm, know? Mm. But it, it really, you wind up saying, I can do this anyway, I don't care whether I go first or second. Yeah, which I think is a very healthy attitude because I think it, it also, it takes the curse off, you know, feeling that it is some big special moment, you know? Yeah, it's but, just another moment in the picture. Yeah, yeah. But also it, 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 it makes you as an actor, having done something special, mm say oh I want to do this or I want to do that you know yeah I think it's true and I, I think that um, someone once said to me in playing classical but in fact it was to do with Hamlet in fact uh, somebody said to me you know you really don't have to worry about to be or not to be or those but those bits will take care of each themselves but really do have a good think about all the little bits all the tiny remarks to servants and things like that you know all the yeah. cheerios and the hellos and because that's you know that'll be as revealing as the, as the set pieces which uh, sure uh, will, will, will take care of themselves. This uh, little section here felt like a musical breath that was required. Ha yeah, Harold a little hadn't... bit of fresh air now and then. Yeah, and literally a chance to get outside, isn't it? Because yeah. we've been seeing such an intense claustrophobic uh, environment. 
And here we That's have Harold Pinter. Harold Pinter, Nobel Prize winner and our screenwriter, the reason we're sitting here. In the back of the head is our director, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Here, you get a whack in a minute. There you Thanks go. Thanks very much. I said to Harold when we were doing that scene, I said, you know, if you want, Harold, maybe he would uh, he'd be physical, maybe he'd attack him as he asks these questions. Harold said, no, I don't think so. It was lovely to have uh, Harold in the film. Not everybody knows that he started life as an actor. Um, he was he was an actor when I with me we called he was called David Barron. That's correct. And he said he was going to write a play under his real name. And I said, "What's your real name, David?" He said, "Harold Pinder." And he wrote a one-act play called The Room, and I was in it in the Royal Court, which is why I so wanted to do this script because he wrote for 50 years and no one ever offered me another <laughs> Pinder piece until Jude came to me with this. So it was wonderful. How did you? What are your memories of, of, of Harold's play, The Room, Michael? Did you? Uh, I mean, was it? And, and how? I was, didn't was it? understand it. Yes. Yeah. Was Harold <coughs> helpful in that way? I mean, did he? Yeah. And, it, it, and whenever you ask Harold a question, he'd say, "How the hell did I know?" <laughs> so he didn't hadn't written it. But it was his very first play. The uh, it was the, a one act play. Exactly. I, I did it at the Royal Court. The, the name David Barron, uh, we paid a little bit of tribute to. Movie trivia junkies might be pleased to know if they haven't already noticed it. That uh, when earlier on we reveal the uh, book room in which uh, all, all the book titles are there in the great big poster, uh, the publishing company is uh, Barron Books. Is uh, it really? Yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah, no, well, we were trying not to make it too showy offy. <laughs> We come, of course, now to the arrival of, in this case, uh, Inspector Black. In the previous film, he was called Michael... Doppler. Inspector Doppler. German for double. Aha. There you go. What a There's another piece And I of certainly trivia. didn't know that. That's a, yeah. it, That passed me by. Uh, but here we have um, the character of Inspector Black, this uh, northern-accented man, he heavier of build and uh, than... Uh, the other actor we've been looking at, uh, but we decided here that we would be fairly bold about how close we got to this particular uh, creature here, who, of course, will be revealed. I think if you're watching this, then you must know uh, that by um, uh, the end of the second act of this piece, Inspector Black is revealed as someone quite different. Uh, we decided to be closer and bolder about about um, revealing the makeup that is uh, at play here. And the crucial thing being that the audience should understand that uh, your character, Michael, would be taken in. That's it. I mean, it doesn't matter if they eventually figure out who it is. It must be. And also, we have a line in here somewhere where he says, "Are you a famous policeman? Yeah. Don't I recognise you?" There you go. Yeah, I just said it. Have yeah. I seen your picture in the newspapers? So yeah. we've got that one to show that he's sort of seen this guy before, but he thinks he's a famous copper out of the papers. Which I think is good. I think it lends credibility to, to, to yeah. this part that will lead eventually to a... It didn't matter that the, if the audience figures out who it is later or if they've seen the movie before. All that I, I worried about, remember I said to you, I said, when you first see him, you mustn't say, that's Jude Law, and why doesn't Michael Caine recognise him? And you I, couldn't tell it was Jude until you sort of figured out, you know, one or two things. 
And, and I also, uh, once we were, once we'd offered up the reveal of the character in close-up, Inspector Black, we then were able to have fun with very wide shots, low shots that 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 rationed the amount of time that we did yeah. see him in close-up. And indeed, here, here's another example where the first, the beginnings of this kind of um, uh, sort of uh, apparent sort of throwaway investigation of you. Yeah. We choose again to be outside, and it takes the pressure off looking at the makeup of Inspector Black, and and also, as it were, puts you behind bars for the first yeah. time, um, and 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 puts you under under the cosh. You mean you've never met him? Never. It's a lovely. I I I, I love seeing Andrew. For the first time, we're watching you as a character actually lying. I mean, we know yeah. you're lying here, but yes. you do it so well. And it starts, I think it makes the audience retrospectively think about, Christ, how much how much was true, how much wasn't true in the first half? Uh, and how much, yeah. you know, he's such a good bloody liar. Well, you're a famous writer, you're well known in the district. So how can you help me on this? Well, no one came to see me. I have no idea who this. What is very, very effective here as well uh, is that, in terms of which I know Jude will talk about the the build up of his shoulders, the padding there, the padding yeah. in the tummy, the walk, uh, and the, the round shoulders. The, exactly, and the uh, and that gravelly northern voice. I asked him where he got that voice from. He said it was his grandfather's. That's right. He said his grandfather was a northerner, although he was born in the south. That's right, and we yeah. we uh, for a while experimented with Jude being a Cockney in this part, but we felt that it was not right and wasn't distinct enough. No. Um, and then he said, "Oh, you know, my grandfather was from the north." He said, and uh, he was very tough. And he said, that he, he remembered his grandfather telling him a story and saying, "You know, uh, in our village there was this road where the further you got down the road, uh, the tougher the men were." And I lived in the house right at the end of the street. Um, and that felt like a, a good keynote for, for Black. He, of course, immediately has gone to find this uh, sort of trophy, the remote control, Andrew's remote control. Yeah. Already this inspector has taken away the kind of the joystick, the, he's taken away the comm, as it were, yeah. the command. And, and it gives us a chance, while he's fiddling around with it, to show the many things that this control does it, it alters the lighting it changes all sorts of things around and and we're starting to see uh, Andrew messed about with aren't we yeah I mean, oh yeah well look at this when he just said I'm ready for another beer he sort of hesitates for a moment until he shove it and then in, decides to go and get the beer because he's worried about this guy isn't he he is what I, what I like when we stay in wider shots like this where we see the full body what I like uh, and what you did very nicely just then Michael was uh, when you come out uh, you're offering them the uh, ashtray he says I'll have another beer and in one movement you walk towards as you turn around on the spot and you go straight back yes. so there's some comedy acting in full length yeah. with, the, with the whole body and I, I I like being able to offer that up as well and, and uh, uh, given that you two could do it so well, it was nice to be able to have that choice. Because um, I think, I don't know, did you talk about it on the original film, Michael, and did it occur to you that when you've got mainly two actors in a film, then it's fairly, at least it seems to me, uh, in preparing this, I thought, we must be careful, we must ration the close-ups, because... Yes, it, yeah, it, it, Joe did that. Yeah, it's, it, it's got to be economically done, so that um, when there is a close-up... Um, it's there are enough varieties of it, like these sort of three-quarter close-ups, uh, where we don't see the whole face. And when when we do come and look in close-up, it's got to tell. It's got to be the right kind yeah. of moment. And what we're starting here is the slow interrogation of your character. 
So you do admit that I like also again what you do here and watch it's very nice interplay there's a lovely quiet dignity again it's one of those moments where he seems to be saying things that really is touching something important to you uh, you haven't asked yeah. about the lover and one feels this delicate vulnerable part of what happens if you are being cuckolded I think he's very vulnerable at this moment yeah and it's, I think that's very nicely judged, and it's a lovely colour against all the other things uh, that we've seen this character do, the sort of passion and the command that he has, to suddenly seem, you know, rather vulnerable. Another pit of pause there. Harris Zambalukos working nicely with the moving gobos, playing shadows over yeah. these chairs. Once again, it's almost putting you in prison yeah. in terms of the lighting, because we're about to go into... A really quite formal interrogation where from from this kind of angle we're going to start getting closer and closer trying to find what is the truth when are these men speaking truthfully and this detective he seems to know his onions but he's but he's presenting his interrogation in, in a fairly fairly aggressive way I mean that that makes us feel I think is he everything that he seems to be now, there's another one of these extraordinary chairs. How was that one to sit in, Michael? That was a bugger as well. No, they're comfortable. <laughs> well, they're not made for comfort, are they? They're made for design. Lying to the boys. Now, because you're both uh, you're highly aware, and I hope that I told you any time we were doing this, um, I'm not sure I did... Uh, but when you know, Michael, that you've you've got a camera on you, there were always two cameras on each side when we yeah. came to do these things. When you know the camera is this close, does it does it make you do anything differently? No. 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 Italian father. Get away. A traditional Italian hairdressing family. Is he a hairdresser himself? I think he is. He didn't come all the way down here to do your hair, did he? Another question I had for Harold, one of the ones he wouldn't answer for me, was, was Milo actually a hairdresser or an actor? Was no, he a part-time hairdresser? I think he was both. Yes, I think you're right. I think rather than chauffeuring, hairdressing was possibly what he did when he wasn't acting. Just a bit of fun, that's all. He does a favourite bit in a minute for me when he's talking about... Um, he saw my wife in London. That's right, yes. He said, he, he said, he, he, I'll, I'll show you in a minute. Probably cuddling my wife. That's the one thing. What's nice about the the way the makeup works here uh, with uh, with Jude, because we really stay very almost sort of forensically close yeah. on him here, is that we see Eileen uh, 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 Delago was the makeup yes. supervisor on this, and with her team she produced a number of prosthetic pieces and yeah. teeth, moustache pieces for the. Uh, a nose, uh, lenses in the yeah. eyes, and, and it allowed us to go quite close, um, as yeah. close as we're going on you, on him, and I think it's... Uh, I, I think it, it lends a real intensity to what's going on. Did you kill him? I'll tell you exactly what I did. I pretended to kill him. I shot him with a blank. I frightened the shit out of him. Your man was right, your spy whoever he was. There were three shots. The first two were real, the third one was blank. He was terrified. When I shot him, he fainted. When he came round, I gave him a drink, pat on the bum. He left the house, his tail, if you want to call it that, between his legs. And I haven't seen him since. You gave him a pat on the bum. Metaphorically. You gave him a metaphorical pat on the bum. <laughs> sure. 
How did he take it? What? The pat! Very Pinter it's again, isn't it? Somehow, yeah. the, the idea of a metaphorical pat on the bum and, and the repetition of the line. Uh, absurd, uh, deliciously absurd yeah. in the context of this sort of uh, criminal procedural investigative conversation. Suddenly, yeah. he goes for a lovely piece of I think of Howard would have made a good copper. I think he would have made a good copper. Interrogator. Yeah. I liked him. I thought he was attractive. I thought we could have become good friends. The shortest way. It's also it's a it's a it's a moment here, isn't it, where they talk quite directly about about the nature of what uh, Andrew's revenge was. Yes. And it, and it wasn't it wasn't just scaring him. It wasn't just avoiding paying the money for the divorce. It was humiliation, wasn't it? Yeah. Cruel humiliation. What attracted her to him? And did you? Oh yes. nice touch of um, Jude's is that uh, little tattoo on the corner of the hand there for. Um, uh, Inspector Black. Found a very tasty myself. Is that so? Oh yes. And once again, this needle. Here, this thing. is the line. Yeah. I mean, I'm an experienced detective, so guess what I detected? What? That she's in love with her own body, makes her dizzy with excitement. It's a great concept, that, isn't it? Yeah. A woman in love with her own body that makes her dizzy with excitement. Very evocative of a... of, of one listen, idea listen, of Listen, listen, this is like... Pancakes. I like that. Pancakes. <laughs> That's a pinter one, because you don't know what pancakes meant. You yes. know what I mean? Yes, could have been anything. Pancakes could mean a very great deal. He does a lovely little lurid smile after that as well. It's a very, very good example here, Michael, something I found myself uh, learning and admiring in your good self here, and, and uh, I think, uh, you know... Jude... I like this bit about all the, the class distinction going on here. Yeah. Did you learn it at school? The hard school, family life. But you keep cheerful. You've got it, I keep cheerful. I've got an optimistic nature. <laughs> you got to when you're that always makes me laugh. But aside from the dialogue, I think that was something important that I, I, I found myself watching and being riveted by, as you two did, it was uh, how to listen on screen. It sounds like a simple thing to do, uh, but I think it's, fa it's fairly hard and to, to do convincingly and not act, not act listening, yeah. but which is, can be subtly different and not as effective. And uh, as with so much of the picture, it, it, it is a sort of... As, as they say quite explicitly later on, it is a kind of tennis match, isn't it? It's a team yeah. game, you know, you've got to really... Yeah, you've got to listen. If so many actors you see on screen, you see waiting for their cue. Yes, which is so different, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's my line in a minute. But people's faces, it change when they're listening. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at you and I'm wondering... How do you personally manage to not just repeat but recreate that quality uh, when you're hearing it for the... Up umpteenth time. How do you how do you stop well, that's yourself? That's the art of movie acting, isn't it? Is is to listen. It's very easy for people not to do. How do you keep yourself on the straight and narrow there? Yeah. One of the things I hope the picture does, apart from for me, the 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 huge enjoyment of watching the pair of you. Um, present these characters is that the film does, you know, it does deliver as a thriller. 
and here we are in the middle yeah. of this, uh, you know, bit of exposition. What what's going on from Andrew's point of view? The, you know, he didn't kill him, so there's no body and there's there's nothing to find, and yet, yeah. and we're caught up in the inspector's obsession that there is, and I, I think in in screening it, it's been great to feel the audience getting caught up not just in the character and Harold's extraordinary script but also in the plot and yeah. I think that's a it's worth registering that um, uh, you know what what Harold's done with 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 Anthony Schaffer's brilliant piece of theatrical and plot mechanics yeah. here is, is really pretty impressive I think you say he left the house after you shot him yes naked I, I don't know how those clothes got there so you made him strip before you shot him part of the humiliation was it no the thing is this it might have started as a game but it got out of this was also one of those moments where rehearsal i felt was very good at, at finding the pace at which something like yeah, this could be played yeah. so that the audience didn't have too much time to think you suddenly realized this needed to go at quite a lick yeah. Uh, in order to not have the audience feel that there were any holes in the plot, because we're probably just getting to the point where the audience uh, is wondering quite what this inspector is up to. And for anybody yeah. who doesn't know the story, then uh, they're about to understand that uh, there's a, some, as you say, there's something very wrong here. Yeah. Yeah, then uh, this is not a proper English copper now, is it? Hitting mm. people. Mm. And, I mean, it is nowadays, but yeah. it didn't used to be. <laughs> Who's the dead duck, he says. And we come to the reveal. You're the dead duck. <laughs> I just and as Jude will probably explain, uh, the makeup wasn't quite as easily removed as that. No, so it, was, it to, took hours. Yeah, to but I remember it. saying to you to be close on that removal because oh. I thought Jude was so good playing this black yeah. guy yeah. that they'd say another actor did it, you yeah. know? We Remember I said to you, you, you've got to show that they knew him on very closely. Yeah, yeah, and also it, the first part in one, you know, see it in the same shot. Yeah. yeah. Who's in the wardrobe? The blood. The blood belongs to a pig's liver. But when did you do it? How did you do it? I did it last night. As, again, Jude will explain, uh, getting, and I don't know if it was the case for you, Michael, but when he came to do his Inspector Black, in this case, not your Doppler, he was... Uh, uh, in the uh, studio at something like 5 a.m. Um, yeah, well, I was, was too. Three or four hours of makeup. Yeah, before. it was four and a half, mine. Yeah, goodness. But me. you know, it's more advanced now, the makeup. It's yeah. a bit easier. They were yeah. piling globs of stuff on me. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Uh, it's quite a strain, isn't it? I mean, because you've, you know, it, it's just a factor of uh, the way what it does to your body clock, isn't it? That, yeah. That, you know, and then. You, you, yeah, and you've got sort of long speech about six o'clock in the evening just before we all go home. Exactly, and you've been and up then, for 14 yeah, you hours. You know what used to annoy me? Yeah. Was I was there another hour taking it off after everybody had gone. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a good man for going home. I love it, going home. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of the delicious things of the day. They kill you. Okay, so what does this make the score? This was a two-shot, I remember very strongly when we shot the first uh, take of it. Mm. Jude Law forgot his lines and uh, looked slightly concerned and it had not happened with either of you before and I thought, what's up? And I went over to him on the QT and just said, you're right, pal, um, you know, 
and he said, yes, he said, I just had a bit of a moment there. I just realised I was in a two-shot with Michael Caine. <laughs> and I looked at him, and all I could see was all the great moments in his movies that I'd really admired. <laughs> and he said, it really made me feel like an Egypt for a second. He said, so I forgot my lines. Uh, so he said, I'm, I'll be fine now. It's just that, you know. He yes. said, and he said, he said, I remember him drawing on that scene. He said, uh, he, he said, it's quite a gaze to meet. He said, when you're close up with Michael and he's, he's got the full, the full beam is on, it's fairly, it's fairly uh, intense. Um, so, uh, how do you feel, Michael? I mean, now, now given uh, your great esteemed position, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, about uh, what must be a factor, which is uh, younger actors and other people, you know, members of the crew who uh, are in awe of you. What do, what do you? How does that make you feel? How does it uh, make if you I behave? sense anybody's nervous for any reason? I always try to relax the set because my basis in acting was Stanislavski which uh, the, the basic rule is the rehearsal is the work and the performance is the relaxation. So you've got to be relaxed and you've especially got to be relaxed in cinema because the camera will sense any tension mm. in, in 10 seconds. Uh, oh, uh, incidentally, she's coming back to me. Oh, she. Yes, that's right. Mm. You know what she said about you? At this stage of the story, if you can uh, imagine or remember what you felt at the time, did, do you feel, although he says she's coming back to him, is it more about simply that he's won or...? Yeah, it's about he's won. So it's not about... It's not about her. Or, or loving her or no, wanting nothing. her. Yeah, yeah. It's just about the, the victory. We're talking about the fact that up till this point, even though he's, he's surprised you, you're still somehow in control. Um, and I think, to our surprise, he's got even more tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. Um, and suddenly the tables maybe are, for the first time, actually starting to be turned. And, and we sense, and you register this very nicely, that you, for the first time, really appear not to actually know what he has in mind. Yeah. You've usually been ahead of the game with him, but... but uh, well, he doesn't know now. He's, no. he's, well, once he takes the makeup off and he's been... Fooled, you know. I think yeah. he's an entirely different person. He is, and and wilder, isn't he? And, and yeah. I think Jude does a great job of suggesting the volatility and the yeah. unpredictability here. This gun isn't real. No, it's a very favourite reaction of mine. The idea of you seeing one of your precious artworks yeah. destroyed. You know, one can imagine them having cost a fortune. I love these kinds of angles. Really yeah. trying to use the unusual nature of that set. Very wide. We shot this for people who are interested, uh, scope or widescreen or anamorphic, whatever yeah. you'd like to call it. Where we use the whole of the negative and the the uh, it uh, in the very wide lenses um, when we move quickly, just offers a tiny, tiny bit of movement at the sides of the screen. Uh, yeah. It gives you a little bit of a a fisheye quality sometimes. And talking of fish. Uh, I may Talk add, of course, fish, that here we go. no fish were harmed in the making of oh, this yes, movie. Oh, yes, we had a fish wrangler on the set all the time. And movie movie fish, uh, which uh, in no way correspond to real-life fish, were were uh, distressed during it. We tried, we were starting as, as, as the film, as the characters start to get out of control. We tried to find angles that, you know, tried to uh, emphasize that. And that, sh that, that angle looking up at Jude down the barrel of the gun from very low was one of the ones that tried to meet uh, a, an image of, of, of wildness, an unusual um, kind of quality to the way we photographed this increasingly crazy individual. Is now a, your, your favourite line. A very, very nice moment of daftness. 
So what are you writing at the moment? <laughs> what am I writing? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very interested. Which really does make you I feel mean, that you now know. That's a pendulite, all right. Yes, you now know that you are dealing with. I'm dealing with a nutter. Uh, a very, very unpredictable individual with a gun. Yeah. Interested in the people I rob. Like I'm always interested. It's in worth saying, isn't it, that um, across the picture, in ways it's easy to miss, is that both of these fellas have had quite a quantity of alcohol. Yeah, they in, are a bit pissed, aren't they? Yeah, in the first ten minutes, I know this is a another night, but in the in the first part of it, their attitude to alcohol is very cavalier. Uh, you know, they've when they've sat down, they've had two or three large spirits. You know, yeah. and uh, once again, you resort to. Uh, the chemicals here, uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, in, in in the wake of this uh, circumstances. Yeah. I call it the smiling man. Has he come to a bad end? He dies during the act of love, like countless others. Countless others, eh? Here's the missus. Well, it has to be said that um, the woman, Maggie, uh, the wife, um, is a, a character who's been um, so important during the course of this. They love her, they want to possess her, uh, they then sort of seem to ignore her. We did shoot some appearances of Maggie, and a, a, a young actress, Carmen O'Sullivan, uh, played Maggie, and indeed that is a photograph of her in that room. Uh, we chose, despite excellent work from her, to to uh, exploit the fact that when we don't see much of the wife, she's even more powerful as a figure. Yes. Um, becomes even more important. You've got it. Yeah. You know something? I've never met an artistic burglar before. That's fantastic. What's your background? Me? You? Irish. Connemara. Spanish descent by way of Uganda. My grandparents were slaves. This is true deadpan throwaway pinter comedy played very much in that in that vein um, and uh, yeah. a, a kind of a delicious part of things. I also, I personally was very pleased with this shot with the two of you underneath your eyes, Michael. Yes, uh, um, look, that's uh, my, I just noticed that. Yeah, it, it, and, and, and also to um, uh, be able to play the surprise of what we're about to go to over your yeah. black and white image here. Well, when people say, why is this film different from the original movie, <laughs> I believe that this is a scene yeah. that helps answer that question. Yeah. Michael, what did you think when you saw that in the script? Did I, you think, I, I can't do it? I we could get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was very glad that there was the laugh I could get here about the, 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 the suiting me. Mm-mm-mm. Which meant that I was getting the laugh and they weren't. Mm. You know what I mean? I yeah. was in control of the situation yeah. as an actor. Yeah. Although I do think that it, it, it's it's a sort of it's a fairly spectacular turn in the story, in as much as it, for all its it's 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 it's, it's, it's not as if it's in 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 uh, in essence violent but this, yeah. it feels as though there's been some kind of desecration of you by wearing them yes. and also of you the actor screen icon etc and and it marks a quite a strong turning point we now know that we're into a territory in the film where we don't quite know what's yes. going to happen anything could happen um and i think i was so pleased that uh, you know that the, the, the two of you agreed that it was something that should be yeah. uh pursued and of course delighted that harold had had the the, the the imagination to come up with it. No, no! It was a game! It was just a game! I thought
thought it might amuse you. He's looking at himself in the chair there. Yes, yeah. His own reflection. Yeah, he might be asking the question, who is yeah. the wicked one? It's also, you could subtitle that moment, be careful what kinds of games you play, because they may come back and bite you. Now, it's one set all. And I love this about the formality of this. We're now officially at the beginning of the third act. Yeah. Or the third set. But who's going to win the third set? And we're back very strongly in this idea of a game. And this is where Patrick Doyle, I think, is very, very clever with the selection of the music. Um, so what you hear now is, is, is yeah. like a tango. And suddenly it's a yeah. game, it's a tennis match, it's a dance. And here we are. We've extended this moment. This is a, what I call a kind of pause, which you two found in rehearsal and which I chose to exploit here, of, of, of wondering... Well, what is it? What is it? What are they going to do next? I mean, you know, they've they've yeah. they've, they've they've practically killed each other. You've been made to wear jewellery. Where can we go now? Oh yeah, sure. I like a man who wants to be in charge of things. And the truth is, we're going to go somewhere fairly strange and unexpected. Yeah, well, this is where Harold brought in the homosexuality, which was not in the first one. No. Yes. Did she say she had a husband? Yes. Yes. She said she had a husband. How did she describe him? Remote, cold, malevolent, spiteful, arrogant, ruthless, jealous, paranoid, criminal tendencies, mentally unsound. That's me, all right. <laughs> did you, when you read that list of uh, the description of the characteristics of Andrew, did you think that was the truth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it could apply to both of them, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. You mean you like my style? Oh, I, I like your style. I like it very much. This set also, for a moment here, suddenly resembles a, a sort of a tennis court, you know, and we, yeah. we we exploited it by getting nice and far back behind the baseline in each case, uh, for various parts of it. Can't you put that gun down now? Mm, no. God, you're so strong, so ruthless, aren't you? <laughs> Another thing that Harold is never frightened of doing... That's a very doing, gay sort of thing. Yeah, isn't it? he's never frightened of allowing it to be a little camp, you know, and yeah, letting so the characters camp, enjoy God, it. God, you're so strong. Yes. So he, at the same time as revealing it in all its sort of naked, brutal glory, he sometimes send up, he sends up the yeah. macho attitudes, doesn't he? There's a private bathroom, small fridge, a bottle of chili and chardonnay is chilling in there at this very moment. This suite is uninhabited. It has no occupant. How would you like it? Well, this is going to well, be... here I always felt that it, it was really... It wasn't homosexual to start with. Mm. It was just a lonely old man who wanted a companion and could get him away from her and throw her away, you know? Get a revenge on her at the same time. Mm. I mean, it's also true to say that um, they have 
the pair of them, uh, Mike, uh, Andrew in the first act and, and, and Milo in the second, shown similar, very striking powers of imagination. Yeah. Boy, do they know how to play tricks. Boy, do they know how to play games and, you know, yeah. and role play. I mean, he's found someone who, at least in some ways, is very similar, perhaps more similar yeah. to him personality-wise and interest-wise than his wife. Uh, so it's not... Um, it's not entirely I, unlikely. I love Harold's ideas of what he would think is great, you know, <laughs> people he wanted to meet, places he wanted to go. This would be your home. Because actually it's a repeat, isn't it, of uh, what he describes his wife like, Jamaica, the Swiss Alps. Yes, exactly. This seems to be a kind of uh, marker for glamour yeah. and aspiration. I'm asking you uh, to stay with me. I remember the first time we played this scene in rehearsal. I remember being utterly hypnotized by it. And uh, I think all I had said beforehand was, was take your time and say it as slowly yeah. uh, as you like and, and, and pause you when, you, yeah. when, when, you, when you feel you should pause. And, and I could feel the atmosphere in the rehearsal room, everybody not quite knowing where to look or how it would lead. It, it, it felt very strongly as though Harold had tapped into a very dangerous sort of taboo yeah. area um, and yet it, there, there's a kind of logic to it because um, you're not quite you when you see this you're not sure whether this is homosexual it's just a lonely old man wanting to take the, girl, the guy away from his wife and have a companion for himself i think it's also true to say that that uh, you're not quite sure whether it is yet one more elaborate scam from Andrew. We know he's been absolutely brilliant, so maybe he is pretending. I mean, you yeah. are such you he are such a great actor here that we absolutely believe what appears to be the surface of it. He is vulnerably offering up this opportunity to come yeah. and live with him, but it might be a prelude to humiliating him even more. Remember when we rehearsed this and you are you we could hear Jude yeah. talking here and you asked Harold what well, she was saying on the other end of the line yeah and he said how do you know he's talking to her <laughs> and i sort of well well he must be i mean she, she calls twice and i mean you know he's he's you know he's talking to he appears to be talking to her there appears yeah. to be something yeah, it could be anybody could just ask a friend to call and just hold on to the phone till he said goodbye exactly once again, of course, Harris Zambalukos, uh, with his very, very yeah. imaginative approach to this, uh, uh, decided that uh, uh, the colour red would be very uh, yeah. powerful, potentially, in here. A, a sort of slightly decadent, rather bord yeah. bordello-ish kind of colour. Yeah. Uh, and given the nature of the offer camp. that you're making, you're in the red light district here. Yeah. Yeah. There he goes. That wonderful hotel in Scotland called Balmoral. That's mm. where the Queen lives. Ah. So bed and breakfast is out. It's on if you know the Queen. I don't. I do. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously though, we could have such a wonderful time together. Venice, Disneyland, whatever you want, whatever you want, whoever you want, I could introduce you to whoever you want. Kissinger, Dick Cheney. Madonna, Mike Tyson. Yes, yes. It seems here as though, whether it's real or not, that at least what we be, what we seem to be watching on the surface is a love scene, is a, is a yeah. kind of a, a you know a wooing between these, yeah. these two people. It's very very touching, unusual. I mean, very strange. 
Oh, perhaps not strange at all, but unlikely in the context of this fight. Well, yeah. that well, I mean, had. neither of these two men up until now have been said to be gay or anything, you know. Mm. And they are talking to people of the same sex, and in, mm. in, in a way. But then, of course, you know what they say: the mind is the body. Is that what they say? Well, somebody said something like it once. Bullshit, of course. Anyway. It's interesting that line: the mind is the body, yes. uh, because uh, uh, earlier on, before you appear to kill him. And he says, I want to tell you something, Maggie admires your mind. And you say, what did she say about my body? What about my what about, body, And you yeah. repeat it two or three times. And uh, I think it touches on something that Harold is interested in, which is, well, what is the fundamental nature of attraction? Is it the mind or is, is it the, the body? body? Uh, is the mind the body? Uh, does, if you have one or the other, does, does, a, does a great mind make the body very attractive? Does a great body make allowances for a mind that's not so brilliant? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting little... Yeah. discourse on what is it that leads people to be passionately attracted to others. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Can't deny, I can be quite a congenial companion. Now, it seems to me that this little sequence here... This gets really gay now. You, you, what I saw in this is that I'd started out wanting him as a companion. Yeah. And he had mistaken it and was now thinking about the idea of a gay relationship. Yeah. Don't yeah. you think so? And a fairly... He, he's, he's sure that I'm offering a, a homosexual relationship, right? Mm. But I'm not, in a way. You understand? I'm looking for a companion. Yeah. A I, male friend. Yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't got any friends. No, I think that that's true. And, and maybe Milo is resorting to that which he knows, which is, in listening to anything that even remotely sounds like that, offering himself up as a kind yeah. of gigolo. And it's such a sort of dirty, flirtatious moment, that, isn't it? Yeah. Going on about what he's like in the kitchen and, yeah. and how you might like your eggs. Yeah, I do like wit in the morning. Yeah. That gets a laugh. <laughs> that usually gets, oh, I do like wit in the morning. <laughs> I decided to offer this drink in a completely unsubmissive way. Mm. Slow and, you know, like a good host. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a sort of passive resistance in you, isn't yes, there? Exactly. To be, and yeah. it's essentially, it, 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 Milo, I suppose, is trying to very aggressively take command here. He tried to do yes. so over the ordering of the drink. You try and resist it in the way that you do it. Uh, but. He's, be, he's behaving in a fairly unscrupulous manner. If he is to be a companion who moves in, the, this, in a way, is a scene about uh, how, it, how it could work. Yeah. And uh, it would be not without its uh, ups and downs, let's say. A second phone call from someone who might or might not be, be Maggie. Uh, Maggie. Once again, I love being able to come out to a very wide lens here and, and, and see... Yeah, the, well, that's the, perfect like that. ...the distance between these yeah, two you, people. you need to see. Also, the fact that he moves across this distance. Yeah, yeah. You're waiting sort of unconsciously, thinking, is he going to move across this yeah. distance? Also, up to this point in the scene, we've mainly been in close-up, almost exclusively in quite yeah. tight close-up, as, as the offer of this companionship is made. And now we're back out, and, 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 and also it just it can't help that he's on a bed, knelt on a bed, bare feet, 
um, still drying off from yeah. his vodka splashed adventure early on. You're in a dressing gown. Sex is in the air, basically, isn't it? I mean, the opportunity for something yes. to go very, very, uh, you know, physical now is 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 sort of teased out of the scene, yeah. even if it's not in the minds of either. But but the possibility is is hanging heavy in the air. Be independent. Be free. Like you. That's right. Be free, like me. <laughs> well, this, that's our dial M for murder moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. Very good looks from the two of you there. I, I believe you are listening to that phone. Yeah. And now we go to the inside of a car, but who is it? We don't see. We 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 uh, we don't see them in the mirror. The mirror is there, but we don't see the image. We barely see a finger. and powerful men make all the girls quiver like a jelly on a plate the sexual tension in this is is, yeah. is fairly high this becomes very homosexual doesn't yeah. it money girls don't have couplers you'd be surprised that's a, see that's such a bit of like girls don't have couplers <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh i mean i didn't laugh there but i always thought it was funny and I think Jude uh, does so well here with the, the tease of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think you strike that balance of we're not sure whether you're excited by it, dismissive of it, you're, but, but you're trying, it seems, not to give him any any sort of leeway in believing that he may be controlling this situation. Yeah. I think it's very effective, that. Very nice bed indeed. Yours is bigger. I get the sense that, that, that Jude enjoyed it, whether he enjoyed it or not, I don't know, but the relish of it as an acting opportunity, I yeah, think oh, he... fantastic. He, really he made a very good job of it. Seized on, I think. You know, it's a very strong yeah. dynamic between the pair yeah. of you. And there we see the that back of a That makes you jump, you know. The first time I saw that, it made me jump when you cut to there. We also get a chance with the noise of the engine to, yeah. you know, offer up that the language of the thriller, which is to, you know, suddenly have the very loud phone call or the very loud uh, car noise. Isn't it? Mm. Is this where she took your virginity? And now, I mean, we've, we've come is to the bedroom. We don't know how this is going to work mm. out now. And we've got the two men, and once again, with this mannequin, it's somehow when we're in this bedroom and we see that leather coat on that mannequin, we, somehow Maggie is there in some inanimate yeah. form. I think this is where he finally succumbs to the fact that he finds the boy attractive, you know? Yes, yeah. And that, that life with him could be at the very could least. Could be very, better than with Maggie. Yeah, or, or, or on his own in in a mm. in an impressive house that he cannot share with anyone. There's definitely a sort of. But I think impact. he hadn't wanted this to happen. No, no. Because you eventually see what he does to him. Mm -mm. That's what he intended to do in the first place. Yes, yeah. But yeah. here he did succumb yeah. and then got whacked back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. gave him more strength to do what he had decided, wanted to do all the way along. And in fact, it proves his point, really, yeah, of the great motivator. And the great motivator is humiliation. Yeah. And here, he is rejected and made to be humiliated by this tirade yeah. from Jude. You're a menace, also. You're a cunt. <laughs> well, now you really are charming. You know, <laughs> I love this story. 
What story? This one. This one! Who? Maggie! Really? By the way, she asked me to tell you something. What? That she's coming back to you. She's on her way. She's coming back to me? That's what she told me on the phone. I don't want her. Well, you've got her. She's all yours. You're welcome to her. She loves your money, baby. Do you think this is the most real conversation they have here? Yeah. Well, because when he says now that now the line he just what was it just said? Now you're the real charmer. Mm. What are you doing with that coat? I'm taking it. Tell Maggie I'll be in touch. I'll have a drink with her, bring her up to date. Somehow now Milo seems yeah. to have no regard for Maggie at all. Yeah. Gloves are off. Real guy. Do you fancy me? Goodbye, darling. He can't resist that extra cruel twist, mm. can he? Wait a minute. But he's going to pay dearly for it. Yes. What? Goodbye, darling. We took a long time to decide whether goodbye, darling, should come before the yeah. shot or after the shot. Here we see the, the uh, Ferrari divide the two cars, absolutely. And yeah. we come back in. Uh, there is no blood here, um, so he may be unconscious, he may be dead. Know. He fell a long way. He fell a long way down the lift shaft. But there's no blood. Um, but what we do see is, once again, you considering this, and there's a, a, yeah. there's a million things to read in that expression about whatever it might be, the concern of what might happen, what has happened, but it carries a lot of weight, a lot of gravity, and I think asks a lot of really interesting questions. Rather painterly, that image, I think. Yeah. Like a piece of modern art. Listen, everybody, this is, uh, I'd just like to say thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the commentary from all of us, and it might have been interesting in some way. So from Kenneth Branagh, thank you, and bye-bye. And thank you from Michael Caine as well for listening. We've enjoyed seeing it again. <laughs> <laughs>